0: you went hey you went world hey you went like hey you went pearls you went you
1: went All right back here on the sports grind Calvin Casey Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos today's show is being presented by Dosecchis get a dose and we are broadcasting here from the newly maestro De Bell tequila Studios. And without further ado, right now we're going to be joined by Destin Adams from A to Z Sports, who covers, he's a Colts beat writer, also covers the AFC South as well. How you doing this afternoon, Destin?
0: I'm doing good. How are
1: you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking time on your busy schedule to join us. I know it's busy for guys like yourself, uh, especially as a beat writer with the Colts, with camp going on. Uh, but I wanted to I had my producer reach out to you because I wanted to talk to somebody in that region that really covers the Colts as long as you have as well, too. Uh, Because I've I've covered this organization from afar for a while now. I mean, I cover all the NFL. Uh, But, of course, this Jonathan Taylor, I mean, there's so many things I could talk to you about leading up before Jonathan Taylor. But the Jonathan Taylor thing has catapulted into the news. Everybody knew going into this offseason there was going to be some talks that he wanted a new contract. Uh, We understand the state of the running backs and what they're going through in the NFL. But what I want to know first, my first question to you, Destin, is how did we get to this point with Jonathan Taylor where we're not talking about just a holdout or don't want to show up at camp? I mean, he's at camp. He hasn't practiced, but to the point to where he's requesting to trade, how do we get to this point?
0: Man, it's, it's been quite the saga. Uh, let me tell you, training camp started out hot and heavy, um, with this type of stuff, just dominating the headlines. Um, the issues between Taylor and the Colts um, are all contract-based. I mean, going back to him changing his representation this off season, which has been a story in itself, of course, um, throughout this whole saga, um, the reason he ends up changing his representation was because there was no traction on a new deal with the Colts. So he changed his representation with hopes of changing that. Um, that's not been able to change. The The Colts have a firm stance right now, with most of the players up for extensions on the offensive side of the ball, that they want to see how they fit in Sykin's offense before they do any extensions. So the Colts have not made any offer to Jonathan Taylor, which Jim Merce has made public at this point after Taylor's public trade request. So with the current state of the running back market, like you said, and just so poor, I think there's a lot of pressure being put on Jonathan's shoulders to be the guy to resurrect that market in a sense. Um, hmm. So I think that stems a lot of these issues that we're seeing, um, where we, we watched Saquon Barkley kind of strike out in his efforts. We saw Josh Jacobs strike out in his efforts. So now all of the pressure has been put on Jonathan Taylor's shoulders from that side of things. So I think that has just made the situation boil up to even a bigger situation than a usual contract dispute.
1: And again, we're joined by Destin Adams, the Colts beat writer of A to Z Sports and covers the AFC South in general. Well, Destin, you know, my opinion, and I'm not, you know, I don't have my ear and clothes and feet to the ground you do, but me paying attention to this organization over years, and look, they have an owner that has kind of, I've got respect for all these owners, and, and you know, I've got a certain amount of respect for Say, but I will be admitting to you, some of that respect kind of started to go away Going way back to that SI article with Peyton Manning. Okay, well, that, that's a long time ago, but the the fact of the mm. Tony Dungy, I thought that that was taking a shot at a you know first time Super Bowl winning coach, first time African American coach, and then Peyton Manning and the Star Wars numbers. So fast forward to now. To me, I feel there's a couple things where I see where this franchise is at uh, because Colts were, I mean, they had a stranglehold on that AFC South forever. You know, of course, the Peyton Manning years and Then you go Andrew Luck and we know what happens when Andrew Luck, you know, upped and retired, you know, at the last preseason game. But. The point is, in my opinion, I think that, and and I do agree with you, in kind of where you're saying that, hey, Jonathan Taylor was on this Zoom call with these other running backs. These putting pressure to say, hey, you have a, it's up to you to go ahead and change the landscape of this. But there were some comments that Ursay had made, like prior to this whole meeting that went down at camp in Irsay's bus. You know, over the weekend, there were some comments he made earlier that week in general. I can't remember verbatim, but they were general about the state of the running back and how the league looks at him. So, you know, to a certain extent. And I was thinking, I was like, now, Jim, you know that you have your best offensive player that has been wanting a new contract. And I felt that, you know what? Me personally, I think it was a little bit to do when there's emotions involved in this, but I thought a little bit had to do with that, those comments. And then when he goes and meets the media right after the meeting at the bus on Saturday's camp, he doubles down and kind of talks, you know, in general about, well, if I die and not no one care. To me, do you think some of that plays into the frustration of Jonathan saying, oh, this is now it's now it's to the point that I don't want to be here anymore. And if I have to just take less or pay into my current contract, I'll go run somewhere else. Do you think that paid any atten- uh, any factor into that maybe of emotions getting involved with Ursay's, you know, comments earlier that week, and then you know his comments after the meeting?
0: Yeah, I mean, to start with the first tweet um, that was kind of just talking about the overall landscape of the running back market. Um, I, I do think it was a rough timing. Um, I think Ursay has taken it upon himself at times to speak for multiple owners, not just himself. For example, going back to the Dan Snyder situation um, with him selling the organization Mm -hmm. um, and Ursae being the one that decides to step up, talk to the media about that situation. Um, And that was not just Ursay talking. That was Ursae talking for the owners as a whole. So I think that tweet that comes out is in response to Um, Najee Harris, who had went out that week talking a little bit about the running back market and what he has been seeing, and then in that interview brings up the renegotiation of the CBA for the running back's benefit, Um, which I think that is what Jim Ursay is speaking towards with the tweet that he puts out um, directly um, and how renegotiating the CBA um, is a dangerous game because then are we going to renegotiate it for every which thing? Um, So th- I think that's where that tweet stems from. Okay. Now, should Ursay have been the one to put that out when he is one of the owners currently going through a running back who wants to get paid? Probably not. I'll be honest with you. That probably shouldn't have been him. Um, but I do think Ursay does take that a lot where he is that voice for multiple owners across the league. I think he wears that a little bit. So I think that's what that first tweet was. So the okay. second one coming off the bus, meeting with the media. Um, He he goes on the little tangent where he talks about um, that he could die tomorrow, Taylor could die tomorrow, and the game would move on. Um, I believe that's the quote you're talking about, Right, correct,
2: yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, definitely an extreme statement to make, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Definitely a little bit extreme, and I, I think... Ursae is just a very passionate owner. Um, he's a guy that um, was around his father when his father was an owner, has been around the NFL for a long time, and he's really passionate about the Colts. It's not just something that he owns. He he loves it. So I think that comes out a lot when he talks. He's a very passionate individual, and I think he can get ahead of himself at times because of that. Wow. Um, but I do not think he meant that as a slight towards Taylor. I think it was just trying to answer the question to the best of his ability and sharing the overall landscape of the NFL compared to this situation, how the NFL is always going to be bigger. The NFL is always going to move on. Um, and I, from everything I've heard, I don't think Jonathan has taken what has been said very personally. Okay. Um, I, I think the whole thing stems from he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid at the top of the market. And right now that's just not what the NFL is at. The top of the market when. Christian McCaffrey was paid. The top of the market when Alvin Kamara were paid. The top two paid running backs in the league on average salary. Um, That's not the top of the market anymore. The market has changed. Um, and that is not something that running backs want to live by. because it's, it's awful, let's be honest. like It's yeah. not something anybody wants to acknowledge is real, but mm-hmm. like, that's the landscape of the running back market right now. I, and so I, I, I think yeah. at the end of the day, Taylor wants to get paid. And oh.
1: until that happens, there's going to be disputes. Okay, well, moving on from the Taylor, before we move on from there, but I'll just leave it at this. With it all said and done, if I had to ask you right now, has Jonathan Taylor played his last game as an Indianapolis Colt?
0: Oh, the hard, the hard question. <laughs> I um, hit you with a slider there. I, I, I a t- yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I, I don't think he has. Okay. I, mean, I think the situation is very complicated. So mm. I, I think he's going to end up having to play just because the way the CBA is written, mm. if he sits out once he's ruled healthy, there's too much of a financial strain that I, think, I don't think we'll see another Le'Veon Bell situation.
1: Okay. I do want to get a couple thoughts on some other teams in the AFC South before we get you out of here. But before we totally, him, let's move on from the Jonathan Taylor thing. But before we move on totally from the Colts, uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? I mean, this is a guy that doesn't have that many college starts. You know, he was picked fourth overall by the Indianapolis Colts. We understand where this franchise has been over the last few years with quarterbacks is you know uh guard men was there you know he was with steichen in philly what are you seeing i know we're early on in camp but you know i know there was one point where he took all the first team snaps what is your impression of anthony richardson and where do you think we're at or who's under helm for week one for the indianapolis colts in your opinion yeah I mean
0: R- richardson's a polarizing prospect uh Huge, first of all. I mean, 6'4", 248, looks like a linebacker (laughs) right next to him out out in Westfield, Indiana, at training camp. Like, it's an unreal build for a quarterback.
1: Um, And then you see how he
0: can move and how he gets around the pocket and had a big throw about 60 yards down the field just the other day, um, moving to his left on the run and just hits a guy in the pocket. Um, But I've also seen in the scene where he'll throw a 12-yard out route and he'll fail it. So I think it's a lot of the consistency stuff is where we're at with him. And I think early on there's a lot of good signs on the return on investment for the Colts. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're going to have to be consistent, be patient, let him learn on his own pace. Because like you said, this is a guy that started 13 games in college Mm -hmm. and goes on to get drafted number four overall because of what the team is projecting him to be because of these assets and attributes that he has. But that's not going to all start day one. Right. Um, but I do think the team is very invested into him. They're very invested in knowing that they're going to go as far as he goes in the future. So I think they want him to play as early as possible. Um, and I think Gardner Mitchell is a pro's pro. He's a guy that has taken Anthony Richardson under his belt even before he was drafted by the Colts. They had a past relationship where they were working out together even prior to Richardson being drafted. Um, and I think he's doing all the right things that you want in a veteran and I think the Colts want to do right by him. So we'll, we'll see how the competition goes. They're splitting reps here and there. We've seen Dave Menchus had 100%. And we've seen Dave Richardson's had 100%. We've had days where they've split. Um, but I think right now, if I had to say who the week one starter was, I think there's just a lot of things pointing Towards the team wanting Richardson to be out there as early as possible, no, I'm so totally, my bet would be
1: Richardson no, I totally agree with you. I'm feeling not that I agree with it, but I agree with that because I feel that as well too. All right, before we get you out of here, Dustin, the uh, AFC South, you yeah. covered in general. I was just telling uh, you know my producer here that it's been very quiet with the Texans. I mean, it was a lot of chatter with D'Amico, Ryan's. Hell, they got CJ Trout there. We have it's been very quiet coming out of Houston, te- uh, Texas camp. Then you look at Jacksonville. You look at a playoff team. Trevor Lawrence, I think is coming in a very intriguing third season we know kind of what went on his rookie year with urban Meyer and then you have the Tennessee Titans that can't really stay there in the transition because Ryan Tannehill everybody thought they would be moving on from him he's there we know who they drafted uh, they still have Derek Henry when you look at the AFC South in general give me something that is what what is the storyline or give me something that you're looking forward in this division coming into 2023 in general yeah, with AFC
0: South, it's a interesting situation right now. You have two teams with rookie quarterbacks and rookie head coaches in Houston and Indianapolis. Um, you have a team in Tennessee that... Arguably is the best coach of the AFC South in Mike Vrabel, but a roster just full of question marks. And then another rookie quarterback in Will Levis, who is a second-round pick. And then you have the defending AFC South champion, Jacksonville Jaguars, who won a playoff game last year against the Los Angeles Chargers in comeback fashion, um, go on to the divisional round. So uh, it's a very interesting storyline surrounding this division. You would think a Jacksonville team that has won a division would just be the heads and shoulders favorite to win the division, but it feels like week by week um, we see Vegas numbers shift between Jacksonville and Tennessee on who the favorite is. Um, A lot of that to do with Mike Vrabel just being that level of coach. Um, I guess the storyline that interests me the most is just Jacksonville's team build is very impressive to me. I feel like Hmm. they have a nice balance of young youthfulness in that organization as well as having solid veterans to be able to progress them forward. Adding a Calvin Ridley this Mm -hmm. year, for example, a guy who has a proven track record in the NFL. Super excited to see what Trevor Lawrence can do with him. Because I think Lawrence is a guy that's just one of those top-tier guys in the NFL. Um, I think he isn't in that Mahomes, Burrow, Allen realm of places. But I think he's in that second, third tier in the Mm. NFL quarterback. So. To watch him continue to progress, I'm definitely excited to see. Um, and then from the Colts side of it, just seeing all these young quarterbacks in the AFC South, uh, it, 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 the vision and a conference, uh, if we wanted to just open it up to the AFC as a whole, um, is going to be one that the quarterbacks are going to dominate conversations for the foreseeable
1: future. I, I agree with that. Listen, Destin, I really enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know I've got a lot of AFC South fans listening to this show. How do they follow you uh, on Twitter? you have a Twitter how they can follow you?
0: Yeah, my, my, my Twitter at is at the Destin Adams. It makes you sound super prideful if you're listening. I promise that's not true. Um, at Destin Adams was taken, and that person hasn't been active on Twitter since 2012, and I can't get that at for the life. Wow, so, uh, it's, it's at the Destin Adams for, the, for right now at least, but make sure you guys follow my work there. I have articles coming. I have um audio work going to be coming over there
1: at a to z well don't well that's great that's perfect i definitely we'll definitely be talking to you again at some time during the course of the season this season
0: sounds great appreciate you
1: having me on all right no problem Destin adams there it's colts beat writer afc south a to z sports um yeah i there there i wanted to go well we'll, i've got time we'll have he's a good interview we'll have him in again because i definitely that was just the tip of the iceberg per se because I really just want, I want to use my platform and my coverage that I reach now to get it out. Like, look, man, I've been on this with this guy for a while. He, he's the problem. You know what I'm saying? He's the mark in the room, in my opinion. You know? So we'll see. We'll see. I, I thought, he, I, I was kind of surprised. I thought he would be more, he would have for sure, he was kind of iffy whether I would tell him, hey, is Jonathan going to be in a uniform or not? Now, there's teams that have been rumored that surface, like I told you at the beginning of the show. New England doesn't make any sense to me because I don't see the Colts trading with them. Um, Arizona, Chicago, Chicago would be a good one. You know, I, Justin Phil, this is another team that's been quiet in camp a little bit here as well. I, you know, they we know they traded down. We know they acquired a lot of picks, had a good draft. Uh, they had the most cap space coming in this past offseason. When I look at the Chicago Bears, it really just comes down to one thing. It comes down to what is their offensive line going to look at, look like. You know, they've got a defensive-minded coach in Eber the however you pronounce his name, either or. But how is the offensive line going to look? That's what I want to know. But Justin's coming his second year. But that Trevor Lawrence, man, this is that third year. They say they pop. And almost I feel like this is really Trevor's second year because that, that damn Urban Meyer stuff, that was like a mulligan. That was just like a nightmare. You know, last year was really felt like Trevor's rookie year. But he is correct. I agree with Destin. That is going to be a, a division of quarterbacks here over the next few years. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We're broadcasting here from the newly maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. am You All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We have been broadcasting from the newly Maestro De Bell Tequila Studios and... This last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang now look we know in the Texas summers and really across the whole landscape of this country we know it can get hot in the summer but now it's blazing with the new Zing Zang blazing bloody mary mix the latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup that brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know but only much hotter. Experience the heat and the flavor of Zing Zang Bloody Mary Mix That's Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports grind And don't forget always to Zing Zang responsibly Alright, so As we roll on A couple things that we want to uh, touch on before we get out of here Um, I want to transition a little bit I do want to get two over and under totals here pretty soon I'm going to pull that up we keep score over here as well, too, for records, for the new um, Denver, Colorado market that's just tuning in for the first day. Half of them, they're playing, man, what the hell is this? Until They'll be back. They'll be back when when things start flying here coming up September. You know, I guess everybody listens to Sports grind across the region and country because I just saw during the break update on CBS Sports because you alluded to this in the first hour, that this Jets and Denver game could possibly be the first one of the season flexed Of the year starting the week five. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, I understand it's an historic franchise in Denver and you got some big names in Colorado. That's how they've always rolled, you know, when you got a Sean Payton, you got a Russell. But it's like, go look at the games prior to week five. I mean, especially on the Jets side. What if the Jets are 0 4 coming in that game? You're going to flex that? It ain't like Hacking and Sean Payton going fighting the octagon. This isn't tennis. This is a team sport. I think if you called up Dana
3: White and said, hey, I, I got I, no I, I Hackett
1: and I got Sean Payton. Don't give him no <laughs> ideas, man. Seriously. But... Hey, man, you know, that's that's crazy how they can always talk about flex. I don't want to get I don't want the NFL has flirted with this for the last few years. And it goes with the release of the schedule. I don't want to become WWE with storylines and novellas and stuff with the NFL like they all the product is too good. Okay, you got fantasy football, you got gambling, you got diehard generational fans of certain teams. You don't need to force feed novellas and soap operas. OK, that's all I'm saying. But moving on. College, more serious story. Iowa's quarterback started their games last year, was going to be a starting quarterback this year. It's pretty much being indicted and charged in this gambling investigation in regards to the Cyclones, Iowa State. Um, and like I told you, when I brought this up in the first hour, I'm hearing that the kicker, for iowa state has also now been um implicated in this investigation but we're talking about hunter deckers um now well, will also some of the details you know of this i've known i've heard that his parents now what is exactly the role that his parents played in this again
3: all right so citing the athletic and scott uh Docherman, uh Doctorman over there sorry um He's. This is one of those things where it sounds like his parents could have put him up to this. Uh, according to documents filed, and this is, uh, again, sourcing in The Athletic, according to documents filed in Iowa District Court for Story County, Deckers and his parents, quote, engaged in a scheme to allow the quarterback, quote, to disguise his identity and manipulate online slash mobile Transactions in order to create the appearance that uh, that sports wager transactions unquote were conducted by his mother, Jamie Deckers on a DraftKings book platform. Uh, DraftKings is uh, illegal in Iowa, uh, uh-huh. to boot. So, uh, the it's supposed to be concocted. You know, this whole scheme set up by Deckers and his parents.
1: Okay, um, this goes with the theme. Um, We've been talking about it on the show now for the last probably three months, um, and longer than that, because, I mean, this is and for my Denver, my new Mile High Sports Radio uh, audience in Denver. Um, it is heavily gambling content on this show, especially around football season. Um you know, I've been paying attention to that industry probably before it made, before it came sexy and mainstream, which I call it now, probably for the last 15 years. So well diverse in that industry and capping and lines and stuff like that. So, again, you're getting a treat here from uh, what it would be wonderful. I got to get this straight because I've been central standard time all my life. Um, I've made trips on West Coast. It's on my bucket list to get to uh Ma high stadium. Mountain time. So mountain time, what are we right now? What, uh, 1 know? p.m. to 4 p.m. mountain, mountain time. Mountain time. Okay. I can't imagine living on West Coast time, though, with sports. Like on Sunday, man, you got pre-games at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like every time I go in Vegas, like in the football scene, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this West Coast with sports and stuff. But anyway, back to the situation of this story. I get sidetracked every once in a while, people. But this is the deal. We've been talking about this influx of gambling in the sports world now for years on this show. But really the last three months we've been talking about the, the issues that have came about when we talk about whether it's NFL players or whether it's collegiate players involved into gambling. And, and I, the reason why I choose not to use the word scandal, because I think automatically when you say scandal, when we go back to the 90s, early 2000s, when you think scandal, you think of shaving points. You think of blue chips. Not Tony, man. That was my God. Not Tony. Not mine. Gave a kid a tractor happy. Do you think of that? So I'm not going to call this yet a scandal. This is what I'm going to say. First of all, with this parent, first of all, the parents. Now, we know that if the parents can't do right, how do we expect the kids to do right? Now, we know no matter what gambling, you're new to gambling, you're doing whatever. Everybody knows. And especially if you're telling me in the state of Iowa, DraftKings is illegal. Okay, but first of all, did they place these wagers on Draft? Because I want to know how his mom, how they did this. Because if DraftKings is illegal, he couldn't have made these bets in the state of Iowa on DraftKings because from what I know... I don't participate in that stuff, but what I've been told is that when you look at DraftKings, like when you go to Vegas, and let's say you stay at the Mandalay Bay, which is an MGM property, when you're there, they'll go ahead and give you, you can download an app. You can either walk up to the cash cage and place a wager on a game or you can download an app on your phone to place those bets. app is nice, yeah. Okay, so you, yes, you partake in the app. I didn't. The last time we went out to Vegas last year, you did. I didn't. But you protect in the app. When you leave out of Vegas and you come back to Texas, that app doesn't work. You can log on, but you can't sit there and place a bet. So DraftKings, to my knowledge, is pretty much set up the same way on the gambling side. If you are in a state that is not legal to gamble – you cannot open your phone, and even if you have an account with DraftKings, from my knowledge, you can't sit there and open an account on DraftKings. to go You can access the site, but you can't push a bet from where you're at. So my question, Mr. Clark, before I give my thoughts on this, how did he place – where were these bets placed from? I mean, did his parents go and place it out of the state? How was he placing bets through DraftKings in the state of Iowa? The – Reporting from the Athletic does
3: not have where they were placed at. Okay. Um, now, what we do know, and this is again uh, citing uh, Scott Docterman's reporting through the Athletic, according to the complaint, Hunter Deckers, um, you know, was 20 when he you know, now 22, was 20 when he first used DraftKings to do this. It's accused of placing 366 mobile or online bets from his personal phone totaling more than uh, $2,700, including 297 bets when he was under 21. 26 wagers of those 366 were placed on Iowa State University sporting events. One wager was placed on the 2021 Iowa State football game against Oklahoma. That is the stuff that we do know. Um, Now, this is... When you get into it, he's reportedly facing two years in prison for tampering with records, um, which is an aggravated aggravated misdemeanor in Iowa. And uh, when you bet on your own school, the NCAA says that you could face a lifetime
1: ban. I know about the lifetime ban, which I, I don't really think I have a problem with that. Uh, but, but this aggression... First of all, let me start here. I can promise you those. there's two things. If it's family participated in aiding in this in him doing this for one the mama the daddy are gamblers and been he's in my opinion I don't have any evidence of this but I'm going to tell you I'm going to bet you a dollar to a donut he grew up in a household of gamblers his one of his parents is a gambler I won't say they're degenerates because I don't know them like that Wouldn't want anybody talking on my parents like that. But at the end of the day, somebody in that family, mostly, if they're going to sit there and aid him in this, one of them is a gambler. That's number one. Number two, these bets were placed outside of the state of Iowa. I don't know why DraftKings' name is being brought up into this. Um, but he was placing bets, and you say that he's betting since he's twenty, which is well, under age anyway. Was the platform, okay. And I'm just telling you that these bets had to be placed out of the state of Iowa. And if they were, then DraftKings has a faulty system, and then they need to be looked at because at the end of the day, you're not supposed to be able to access to do that. That's what. But I'm not gonna go caring. Well, again,
3: you're talking about a scheme that they had right. put together. They, 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 they. they had uh, orchestrated this scheme. So it could be going across state lines, placing wagers on Iowa State games, and coming back across. I just
1: think DraftKings is being thrown in this because that's the gambling thing everybody's associated with. There's been apps and things like this in since the early 2000s, before even DraftKings launched fantasy football, it's just the fact that if you're connected, I don't care what state you're in, there's there's apps that are individually owned, and I won't even say on the black web or the underground, but borderline, there's been apps like this for a while. Now, he's 20. You're supposed to be 21 to really gamble legally, even in states that there is legal gambling, okay? You can be 18 and play the state lotto, but you got to be 21 to walk in a casino and place a sports bet. So his parents have been assisting him at a younger age and participating. That's one. Now, I'm not going to cash stones on that. Look, I've been very, I don't tell y'all everything, but one thing my Denver audience will get to learn. I'm pretty much transparent. My dad, I was, at a, I was at a dog race track with my dad like at the age of 13. He owned like two halfway houses, one here in San Antonio, Texas, one in Corpus. And that's when they used to have the dog, the, the, uh, dog race tracks. We're going, we're talking about early, mid 90s, early 90s. I wasn't walking up to the place. I mean, I've always looked older, but I was, I I mean, 13 at the time. Now, I was sitting there saying, hey, Dad, I like number six. He was proposed, but at the end of the day, it was no harm. that It was just this, but I grew up in it. Could have been a life thing. I mean, he could have had me in a trap house over a stove cooking or something like that, but I didn't grow up in that lifestyle. So I don't mind. He he took me to the great track and then went to the horse track. Point of it is, I turned out okay for the most part. Anyway. Look, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit when we talk about going and putting cuffs on young men with this gambling situation. Because I feel that state legislators, athletic directors, head of NCAA, and I'll even go to commissioners of the NFL, whatever you... They have no idea unless you've been paying attention to the sports betting world for like the last 15 years. They have no idea on how accessible sports gambling has become in this country. And this is way before Governor Christie decided to use four years of his life to take on the state of Nevada and basically for the state of New Jersey. It's way before. So my point bringing this up is. There's a lot of kids and young men in college, whether they're going through local campus bookies, whether they're going to apps that have access to gambling. And the problem I have with it, and we're seeing it to the NFL, the, the double edged sword is because you have sports and you have sportscasters and you have platforms, you have talk shows, you have all that and apps and endorsements. And you have everything that has been catered to sports gambling has come out to the forefront in the last 12 to 18 months heavy. Look. I don't know if you know I was thinking about this like when this story was coming out I was thinking about this last night I was like you know what I wonder if we think things change but I wonder if we're ever in a situation we're ever headed to a point in this country where this is going to be accepted like it gets to the point where you can't control it to where it's like hey if they're betting it is what it is we're going to play ball I-, I let myself think there a little bit then I start thinking like no, you can't do that because it can never get to that because it's just you would have everything would turn into the WWE there would be a lot of Vince McMahon's you would and there's already conspiracy to people that do that, that think sports and games are fixed anyway. That really just totally just makes my butt itch because it's just dumb. But when we're talking about now, look, if you're talking about this young man, which I hear in the rumors, there was like 23 or some football games, other Cyclone uh, college sports that he bet on at the university, a lifetime ban. I have no problem with that but to put in to put a young man in cuffs now, there's there's things there's levels to this. Now, we're talking about this guy was part of this ring where he was working with this on-campus bookie, and this bookie is the biggest bookie in the state of Iowa, and he had him in his pocket, whatever, and they were fixing, okay, then now we're talking a little bit of jail. Now we're talking this, but we're talking about a young man who basically his parents rode the getaway car, and they helped him cover up some bets and some wagers because he's seen mommy and daddy do it for the last 15 to 10 years. Why are we putting this kid in handcuffs? I mean, that's that's my opinion on that. I think we need to pump the brakes because this is part of our society. Sports gambling is part of our society. Gambling has become so much of our society that it's not even funny. You know? I mean, you you turn on the local news. Now. We're, we're, Friday will be the biggest lottery drawing in U.S. history at $1.5 billion that the Mega Millions got. Every local news will talk about it. What is that doing? That's promoting 18-year-old kids. Hey, let me go take my $2 and dollar ticket check. It's around us. I'll throw young men in jail for it. We got to wait to and like I said, this is me without knowing all the facts here yet. But if we're just talking about covering up an app or betting some bets on an app, let's just let's proceed with caution. That's my point. Go ahead, Mr. Clark. I mean, you do have also, you know, and
3: Scott is reporting from the athletic Reminder that there are two Iowa State athletes who are also charged with tampering with evidence. That includes a wrestler and an off a redshirt offensive lineman, uh, the uh, line, defensive lineman from the Broncos that got suspended. Uh, he's an Iowa State alum. Uh, you also this this we had in May the reporting uh, at Iowa and Iowa State that there you know that there was gambling, uh, you know. Penalties coming down. Iowa has 26 athletes from uh, five sports. Iowa State has 15 athletes from three sports, you know, caught up in this gambling situation. So uh, not to get
1: too far ahead, but this is this could be the tip of an iceberg. Okay, and and I'll give you that. And that way I'll change my tone. If this this young man, that's the starting quarterback or was the starting quarterback for the Iowa State Cyclones then if we're talking about him part of this big Iowa ring, like I alluded to a few seconds ago about a big campus book here, the biggest thing, and he's doing it, okay, that's different. But if we're talking about finding a way to finagle DraftKings' system and having over 200-some bets wagers placed, and we're talking about jail time, hold on. Now, if it's part of something else, because there's levels to everything. Now, when you talk about, I mean, the other part of this is, you know how far does this reach in regards to the other sports in regards to who knew what at the campus as well and again with his parents because 300 bet and think of the amount that's nothing I mean t- 2,000 and some I mean and see people look at those type of apps every time you bet it just accumulates a total of what you're betting but most people that don't know that They'll think like, well, damn, he's betting that. But if you look at that, that's could be accumulation of $50 here, $25 yeah, here. Yeah, it took 366
3: right. bets to reach that. And number.
1: I will tell you, the tampering word used, to me, that's tampering with what? Deleting an account? deleting bets I mean they the choice of words that they're using in this is what really has me like wait a minute let more details come out but I'm pretty sure we'll hear more about it to tomorrow but for today that is a wrap special thanks to Destin Adams from A to Z Sports with us today enjoyed that special thanks to the producer of the show Mr. Clark San Antonio El Paso Abilene Lubbock Denver people up in Tyler people in the Shy City people down the whole 305 South Florida region and my people down Laredo when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for either snooze button before you roll out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see you tomorrow when life sounds too much like this
3: it's time to consider more of this sometimes a little shift is all you need
0: a dose of perspective Dos X Lager, get a dose. Enjoy Dos X responsibly. Copyright 2021, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.